She's a Super Geek is a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. This episode is brought to you by patrons Bill Carter and Ariel Weiss. Thank you so much. We just wanted to let you know that our friend Caleb G is going to be bike riding to help raise funds for cancer research. He's riding with Polontia, which has raised more than $157 million for high-risk, high-reward cancer research. There's a link in our show notes. If you have some funds, you can donate to him. Otherwise, you can head over to his Twitter account, at G. And his pinned tweet has the link in it. You can retweet it out so that others can see. Thank you. And on with the show. You're listening to episode 112 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Hello, everyone. I'm Andy. And on today's episode, my co-host Senda and I are wrapping up our playthrough of Red Carnations on a Black Grave. We're joined by River Williamson and Red Carnations creator, Kat Raman. You can find Red Carnations on a Black Grave on Kickstarter now. Content notices, this game does contain war, violence, and character death. So let's kick our history into high gear for our final episode. Of this game, I mean. What we want to do now, on the on the eve of the bloody week, <laughs> is to uh, do another montage. We get one last look at our characters before the tumult of the attack by the army. So, uh, yeah, why don't we uh, just... Start with Andy. Uh, same thing that we did at the beginning. Just mm-hmm. quick look at each of your characters. I think we see Amanda at the Women's Guild, I believe is what it was called. Women's Union. The Women's Union, I mean. Same idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. We see Amanda at the Women's Union. There is some sort of meeting going on and she is taking minutes. And she looks out the window and I think we see... Camille bugging Tariq again. <laughs> and she just kind of sighs and, and goes back to writing the the minutes and notes. Uh, River? <sighs> we only get to do one, right? Do one at a time, yeah. So we have Luis sitting in a- another meeting with the public uh, safety and everything like that. And she, the the sound is rather muffled and... She's just sort of pressing her pen or quill. What would it be at this time? Pen. A pen. Steel, yeah, steel like nib pen. Into the paper, and it's like the ink blob is bleeding out across the page, and eventually she punctures through it and sort of like starts. And we, uh, the audio comes back into focus, and there's a man saying, and that's why we need to maintain the proper moral and social order. The men fight, the women take care of their homes, and bring in the next generation of workers. And that's where we'll cut. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this doesn't have any 
bits of real life right now anyway no 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 not not inspired by my anger at recent events at all no yeah not at all not at all well done no no no. (laughs) um so uh we see uh dominique is leaning against a table sipping uh, a snifter of brandy contemplatively and as the camera would like pan back you see that spread out on the table on like a nice like velvet you know on a velvet work surface are her scalpels and knives and bone saws and they're all gleaming and freshly sharpened we have uh basically a, a close-up image of camille's i'm just gonna add this detail his like sandy blonde hair and he's looking he's sighting along a gun and then there's the loud sound of the gun firing and the camera zooms back to show that he's like he's fired several shots and they're all actually hitting the bullseye now like they're they're not necessarily right like right on but they're all hitting the hay bale and they're all like pretty centered and he lowers the gun and he just looks up at Tariq like for affirmation nice looking proud of himself oh poor sweet boy (laughs) oh dear he's super dead i know i'm like i'm what am i doing to myself this is terrible okay uh anyway and andy i think we see jean and josephine in a morning at wherever they live and they are finishing up breakfast and jean picks up his musket gun Mm -hmm. jean picks up his gun and you know the the sun has come up and other soldiers are venturing out of their houses to go to morning practice. And he kisses Josephine on the cheek and then Aww. walks out and follows them. Luriska, you see her going through the, through the jail and she comes into one cell where there's a few malnourished French army soldiers she opens the door and a few of them like start to get up and she glares them down and then grabs one of them, drags him out of the cell and down into the interrogation room, throws him in the chair. He looks terrified as if looking at death himself. She looks at him. I'm letting you go, but on one condition. My family has to be safe. Now get out of here, Lieutenant. If anyone sees you... You'll be dead before they can arrest you. And she sinks back through the door her way. <sighs> uh-huh. So we see Tariq sitting on top of the battlements. It's night and the shells are arcing over the walls. So you like you get the fitful glare where suddenly you can see everything much more brilliantly. Yeah. And he's sitting next to Louise and having her write down his dictation and it's it's obviously a letter to amanda and camille in case he doesn't make it (laughs) so josephine we see her it's later in the evening and she's in the church and she has a pile of white bed linens next to her and she's cutting them into strips for bandages. And she is basically, it's, it's just a, a glimpse of her face as it's occasionally lit by the various, whatchamacallums, the 
Artillery shells? Yes, the shells coming over the wall is what I was saying, coming in the window, right? Yeah, yeah. So occasionally her yeah. face is just lit further by them as there's the sound of distant explosions. Maybe one or two shots that land nearby and rattle the building. Yeah. And she's just, she's like stone-faced, like keeping it together, absolutely cold, numb, cutting bandages. Cool. So, part three. The Bloody Week, May 21st to 28th, 1871, La Simone Sanglante. The mood is frenzied, violent, and morbid. And uh, Josephine's player reads... That's me. On May 21st, the army invaded Paris. The communards defended the city from street barricades, but without organization, each section fighting on its own. The city burned from shelling or revenge. The Tuileries Palace, once home to the Emperor, and the Hôtel de Ville, and the Palais Royal were all destroyed by the flames. The army massacred anyone they thought was part of the commune. The bourgeois of the city happily denounced their neighbors to the vengeance of the government. May 28th, the last survivors surrendered at dawn. Many were executed. Over 40,000 prisoners were imprisoned at Camp Satori outside Versailles. The commune was over. Okay, so in this section, characters will die. So, I'm going to get us up some uh, Bloody Week cards first, because that's a thing. The three cards that have come up are uh, the Death of the Priests. The Archbishop of Paris, Georges Dabois, was one of the commune's hostages. As the Versailles troops continue to advance, the order to kill him and several other priests is finally handed down. Denounced. A character is denounced by someone to the Versailles troops as they move through the area. People caught by them are immediately executed by firing squad. And on the barricades, a battalion of women command the top of a barricade on the front line that is menaced by attacking soldiers. But let's talk about the inevitable death of one of our characters. Do we get to choose? Oh, yes. Yes, That's you do. That's the best part. <laughs> I might roll dice. <laughs> At some point in this round, each player must decide which one of their characters dies during the bloody week. On your turn, the scene you narrate can include the death of your character, you can simply narrate the death of your character at the beginning, or you can do any other combination that it seems like it would be interesting. It is never necessary to use your scene to show how your character dies. Sometimes it's more interesting to check in on the character that survives. If it's alright with another player, you can include the death of your character in a scene they are narrating. You can also choose to have your character die you know, at the end, and we can talk about it off-screen or do a quick like montage-type thing. Cool. Cool. And uh, River, you get to go first this time. <sighs> okay, well, I figure I should just start swinging. So I'm going to take the on the barricade, on the barricades line. We have Luis and a bunch of women double checking the barricade just as the sun is coming up. There's a brief moment where there's no artillery or anything like that going on. Everybody's still pretty confused. They're trying to shuffle people back to the church to get bandaged up and everything like that. And then suddenly they see uh, some French cavalry men lining up for a charge. And she, you know, yells at her fellows and, you know, the other women who see her do this as well. And then the artillery starts raining down, and it it cuts away. And as the the scene ends, we it cuts to her cane in her hand and her 
grip just letting it go and it rolling down the street. Let's start with the montage. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a scene I want to do for Lurisco yet. <laughs> so uh, Josephine and Dominique are in the church and the wounded are pouring in. And, you know, Dominique is coming over and like, like, no, no, tighten that, tighten that tourniquet on, on him, uh, Josephine. Yes. It's not tight yes, enough. Yes, like this? It's not tight Okay, enough. tighter. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And like, there, from outside, there's the sound of, you know, the shelling getting closer and the sound of boots on the cobblestones. And Dominique is looking around at all the wounded and the ones that are being brought in. And she looks... Suddenly just straightens up and says, Josephine? Yeah. I have left one of my scalpels in in my in my apartment. You know where that is. It's 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 at least a ten minute walk from here. Um yes. But I'm afraid I need it very soon. Do you do? Um are you sure? Uh, are you sure you can do this by yourself for that amount of time? I can I can I can manage. I can manage. I can find someone else um, to send. No, no. I think you should go. I mean, if you need it, then you need it, and um, of of course, I will do anything to help you out right now. Um, okay. Uh, if if you can't get back, don't try. All right. Okay, but but you need the scalpel. Well, the situation's chaotic, and things may change. Just just um, give my love to your husband. Okay. Um, good luck. And I think so. Josephine puts her hands on. Dominique's shoulders and gives her the kisses each cheek mm-hmm. and then runs out the door trying to get back to her apartment as fast as she can. Josephine just watches her leave out the back and says, adieu, mon ami. And right about then, the doors burst open and she turns around, holds up her hands and says, but messieurs, I was treating both sides. And as the scheme goes black, you just hear the rattle of rifle fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Boy. <laughs> it's your turn, Senda. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to kill Josephine now. <laughs> oh, no. Because. <laughs> I did what I could. I know, you really did, and it's even more heartbreaking because it, yeah. there is an inevitability to this. Um, So, I, uh... So, um, Josephine is running back towards Dominique's apartment, and I think that she's she's running back through the streets, and she actually has to pass by a section where the fighting has pushed in just as far, and she's trying to basically just make her way quickly and, like, lifting her skirts and running, and there's just a, a momentary shot of she's, she's running across um, this small, cramped street, and there's the whistle of a shell in the air and the sudden light above her, and you just see her look up for a second, and then we'll just cut away. And Andy. Yeah. So I think we've got Jean and Tariq, maybe Lodo and Camille as well, if we want an ensemble Mm -hmm. thing, in the middle of, of fighting. And I think that they are falling back and Camille wasn't on the front lines. He was kind of acting as a runner, mm-hmm. uh, sending information back and forth, but they've had to give up so much ground that Camille is, Camille's found a gun. I know. I think, <laughs> I think I actually, we'll see how the scene goes. I may not be directly in it until the very, very end. You carry on. 
I have a thought. Ooh. Okay. I have a thought. I have a thought as well. Yeah. So it's very clear in my head. I don't know how to start it, though. But maybe it's just a, a simple, they've, uh, they've taken the east side of the city. We have to, we have to fall back, regather our strength. This, this is, this is no way to fight this kind of fighting, John. If I, if I had a horse. <laughs> I'm sorry, not all of us are veterans as you. Some of us are just trying to defend our home. Well, if we had a horse, we would have eaten it by now, Tariq. I mean, that's true. Well, it is true that I have some experience fighting against the French army and fighting for the French army. Life is complicated, <laughs> but we need ammunition. No, we need to fall back. This position isn't going to hold for much longer. Where's the boy? I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen him. I think we all duck as we hear him. And then an explosion nearby. We have to go. We have to go. Get moving. We have to go. We should find the boy, Ludo. One of us should go. What is, what is one boy in comparison with, with our entire commune? He's my family. I'll get him. Get moving, I say. And I check out the window and then go out and then drop from the second story down with a hoof. And then... Yeah, Tariq, you see Tariq leaning over the window, so like, uh, I really don't think. <laughs> okay. And he leaps down with you. Okay, so it's just Jean in there now. Jean looks around and goes, I'm not staying here. And he jumps down as well. He ends up taking a slightly different route as there are soldiers coming in. And he hears Tariq and Ludo calling for Camille. And then he stumbles over some rubble and falls. I think he probably scrapes up his hands and he knocks loose some rubble and we see Amanda dead underneath it. Worst. <laughs> you. <laughs> the dice said, the dice said her. Okay. okay. If we can cut away from that momentarily, what we see next is Camille is sneaking out from underneath the cover of like a, a, a carriage and there's um, dead French army soldiers all around the area and some, you know, some commune folks as well. And he basically like crawls up from under this carriage and he picks up a gun from one of the French soldiers and he loads it. One of the fancy carbines that Tariq was talking about. Yep. <laughs> he was going to get a good one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, the good news is that we're at the epilogue. <laughs> that is not the good news. I know. No. <laughs> no. I think the good news is Camille is alive for the moment. For the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you, I've played this game before, and we've all got about a 25% chance. It's not great. <laughs> really? It's of living or dying? Of living. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's a little better than that. It's more like 30. It's a little bit better. I also changed the deck a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> it might be less drastic than it yeah, used to be. Yeah, because... Uh, just a smidge. When we last played, the la the epilogue was like, and you get an execution, and you get an execution. You get an execution. <laughs> I know. The last time I played it, it was two people executed, one person banished, and I think one person made it out, so... Well, that's right. There is there is one one in, is, attempt to escape card where you get away scot free. Yeah, one. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's 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 why Kat says she promises at least a fifty percent death rate. Yeah, mortality rate. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. No worse than. <laughs> <laughs> Epilogue, Satori. 1871 to 1872. The commune is not dead. And uh, Camille's player reads, Between 10,000 and 30,000 people died during Bloody Week. No one knows the exact number. At Satori, disease and hunger killed many prisoners. Others were shot with no trial or only a perfunctory court-martial. In Algeria, the rebellion was crushed. The country was safe again for colonization. Some communards were put on trial. Most chose not to cooperate with the government forces, remaining contemptuous and defiant to their death. Many were sentenced to death. Others were deported to the colonies or given hard labor. Some managed to escape into exile. In 1881, a general amnesty was announced. Some of the surviving communards returned home. Others never did. So, each player must, for their surviving character, make a choice whether they will attempt to escape in all the confusion and flee into exile, if they will cooperate with the government in hope that they'll get a lesser sentence, or to remain defiant and hope for a trial where you can at least make your stand. Now, once you've made that choice for your character, you draw from the appropriate deck. So when you draw, you'll draw your card. I have to tell you that the cards have slightly different outcomes depending on uh, what your character was. So it may be that if you're in the National Guard, you get a different fate than if you were a mm-hmm. communard or if you were a woman or other combinations. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what if what if what if one is a National Guard pregnant woman? <laughs> All of the things. I am glad that you asked that. The answer for that question is you choose whichever fate you prefer. If you <laughs> if more than one applies, you just choose the one that applies. Cool. So cool. Oh, also, uh, if you see uh, that you are exiled to a place called New Caledonia, it's a small tropical island near Australia, and it was kind of a hell colony. Oh, fun. Even more so than most hell colonies. Uh-huh. So when you've made a choice yeah. uh, as to which uh, one you want, pull from it, and we'll go and see. I know which one I want, so I'm just going to draw right it. now. I'm going to draw. Okay. Send. Yeah. I'm 12, so oh. I'm going to pull from cooperate because I don't think that 12, I don't I don't think that I understand even enough of what's going on to yeah. do a thing. So I guess I can just go first. In all the confusion and fighting, uh, Tariq is looking for Camille, and so he, when he sees the situation is just completely collapsed, he runs or tries to. But unfortunately, he is arrested, and so unfortunately, he is arrested by people that actually remembered his unit from the war. So they just yank him up against the wall, claim that he's a deserter, and uh, they execute him. Years later, one of his brothers returns home from New Caledonia, where he had been exiled after the after the collapse of the Algerian Revolution, and. He spends years tracking down the exact spot where his brother was killed. And along the way, comes to know from Amanda's neighbors and friends that the whole, at least a big chunk of the story. And he writes a book about it, which isn't known in France until after the Algerian Revolution, at which point during uh, the 68 riots, it suddenly gets this little bump in popularity. So uh, that inspires people for a long time after he dies. Well, 
I think that uh, Jean finds Josephine mm-hmm. dead. Yep. You know, as as you do, <laughs> and just decides to flee. Everything, <laughs> everything's kind of wild, and he doesn't know what's going on. He's he's terrified. He gets caught and arrested, but nobody comes forward to denounce him. Either they're all dead or they're all worried about other things or any any number of other things. Um, you know, he was just a butcher's assistant, so people maybe aren't as worried about him as some of the other people who are maybe in more positions of power. And he's eventually released. Actually, after a few only a few months in prison, he's released. But he knows that the police are watching him. And he is kind of a broken-hearted guy and just lives a life of quiet desperation. You know, he lost the woman he loves. He, you know, may or may not have been super into the commune and just he's kind of broken about it. But he's alive. <laughs> Do you want to take a minute, Zenda? Um, yeah, I'm I am I'm going to I'm going to veil this real quick. So it's going to be a very brief vignette. Yep. So Camille is basically caught as everyone else is like, they're basically just rounding up people in the streets because it's completely, you know, a a wash. And he is carrying this gun that he picked up. And so, of course, he's treated as an adult at that point. So we just see a scene of him in front of uh, a judge. And he looks very small and very childlike. And... There's the the gavel comes down, and we'll just cut that there. So Camille, unfortunately, <laughs> was sentenced to death uh, because he was male. And so I don't think that he's forgotten because he was such a childlike, hopeful part of the community, even during everything, even not really understanding everything. And, you know... Hopefully there are people leaving who um, still remember him and remember that, like, he was basically, like, small but brave, right? And I think, oh, yeah, I think Lodoiska is definitely acting in his memory. Yep. Lodoiska gets dragged up on trial next, and she overheard the, the trial and everything like that or at least the end of it, and didn't realize who it was because she couldn't hear the defendant, and sees Camille. And the prosecutor says, you have a signed confession. Is there anything else you would like to say? She says, yes, I would like to amend my, my confession. They hand it to her and she tears it in half. And she stands at attention, tears streaming down her face. And the judge says, get her out of here. Get that bitch out of here. And they drag her off to New Caledonia. She knows that she has to survive for Camille, that she has to stay alive for Amanda and for Tariq. She has to keep that family going. And when it comes time for Tariq's brother to come to to come back to France. She is walking there with him, but doesn't tell him a lot of this 
specifics of what happened in her family anyway. Is there a little kid with them? Or an adult <laughs> kid? We're going to leave that up to the audience to decide. Okay. Oh, God. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yes, I was remained defiant. Chose that after uh, Camille, uh, after Santa drew C- Camille's cards. Like, well, okay, well, there's no way that <laughs> that Lydiska can cooperate after this, which was my original intention. And uh, yeah, and that was uh, red carnations on a black grave. Oh boy! I want to thank you all for playing it, and. Uh, I, I'm. I hope. I hope you're not too sad. And uh, we're we're gonna do this off camera, but uh, there will be a uh, a lot of uh, support in the game for like how to get out of your role and uh, how to do a good debrief after the game because a lot of people can be pretty affected by the game. And um, but I do hope you en- you at least enjoyed most of it. So yeah, I was crying. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and running it for us. And just really quickly before we run off and uh, give each other some emotional support, which is a very good thing to do. Um, really quickly, just River, tell us where to find you on Twitter and stuff. All right. Uh, yes, I am on Twitter at Pixelated Coyote. I post there a lot about my own personal life and my own uh, struggles as a you know newly minted, uh, sorry, I should say newly uh, out trans woman. And I post a lot, well, a lot more, a lot more variety on the Gauntlet forums. Um, that's available at forums.gauntlet-rpg.com. I also just want to give a, a nod to our guest editor, Rob Abrazzato, who is a great and awesome human being. Truly. Yes. Sorry, Rob. You're probably crying by now. We all do. Uh, it's okay. We'll just mention he has a banana problem, but we forgive him. Um, cat. Hang on there, what? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> um, Kat, uh, tell us where to find you on Twitter and where people can find more about the game if they want to learn more. Sure. This episode at the end here should be dropping during your Kickstarter, so we'll have a link and everything in the show notes. Fantastic. At uh, Aviatrix Games is my Twitter handle. That's probably the best place right now to get anything up to date about the game. There's aviatrixgames.com. And how is that spelled? A V I A T R I X. Thank you. Uh, games. The rest is games. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, the rest, the rest of this games is pretty good. It's actually a pretty good motto. I should, I should make that my mm. mission statement. Yes, I think so. So you can, you can check. You can also get in touch with me through there. And uh, we'll be at DexCon. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of sections of this being run there uh, by me and some other fantastic people. So uh, if you want to go come- learn something and be sad, mm-hmm. in yeah, a good way. Go, uh, that's. A- no, okay, that's my mission <laughs> statement. <laughs> no, learn something and be learn sad something in a good way. Sad. Sad. The rest is yep. games. <laughs> the rest is games. The rest. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, good. Thanks. Happy, you're, you're, yeah, happy you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We were Ten percent of the royalties. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the places you go. And the yeah, the Kickstarter should drop uh, June eighteenth. Awesome. Thank you so much cool. to both you and River for being on. It was a joy to play with you and uh thank you both so much thank you 
We hope you enjoyed listening to episode 112 of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and give us a shout out and five star ratings on your favorite podcatcher. You can find River on Twitter at Pixelated Coyote. You can find Cat on Twitter at Aviatrix Games. DexCon is July 3rd through 7th in Morristown, New Jersey. And of course, Red Carnations on a Black Grave is on Kickstarter now. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more music, merch, and tour dates online, kieranstrange.com, or on Twitter at Kieran Strange. If you like She's a Super Geek, you're almost guaranteed to like other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network. Shows like The Lounge. Doc finds the best, the brightest, the most fun game designers, and sits down to have a cool chat with them. You never know what conversation is going to come up in the lounge. That's it for us. We'll see you in two weeks for our next adventure. She's a rock.